The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yeah. Um, first of all, it's it's not about one guy. You started the question. It's an overall, we have a true statement. Uh, to focus on one person. Uh, did Dan had struggle a little bit last week? Yeah. Um, in answer to your question about the more snaps and all that, we take, you know, a, a guy has a starting position. We think he's been doing a good job with that. Sometimes when you have have plays that to the eye of everybody in there look worse than other ones, nobody sees the plays that he's making when you're covering somebody and don't throw it there. And finally, yes, we are back. Show and BK on the Chiefs one more time. Uh, happy to be with you on your Friday morning to get you ready for uh, these Chiefs and, uh, and, and the Washington R's. Um, they've had a hell of a week. Uh, with their email situation, but I'm sure they're happy to play football. But hell, man, maybe happy to play this version of the Chiefs. BK, I like. I don't even want to mess around it, it, with this man. I, I don't have any pleasantries. People have been coming at me about my grass cutting and been challenging me off because I don't cut my own grass. I don't even have it in me this week. BK, here, here, here's the deal. This better be rock bottom for the Chiefs. If the Chiefs have any visions of being a Super Bowl team? Because, right, BK, tell me if I'm wrong. That's that's what this season's about, right? Supposed to be. I mean, that, that's where that's where we're at right now. If you've got Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, that that's where the expectation should lie. You're damn right. you got Patrick Mahomes. you got Tyreek Hill. you got Travis Kelsey. you got Chris Jones. you got Tyra Matthew. you got Frank Clark. All of those people you've invested big money in, you've retooled your offensive line because you didn't want to get caught with your pants down again like you did in the Super Bowl with with issues with your offensive line. You've done all of this. This is Super Bowl or bust. That's where you are. That's where you are. You're right. The next decade plus when Pat Mahomes, you're Super Bowl or bust. And that's what it's about. And right now, I'm not going to sit here and say that that the Chiefs don't have any chance at all at getting back into the picture and being the team to win a Super Bowl because I just named all that talent. Mine is Frank Clark. He's the only one that is doesn't seem to be at at the height of of the talent of what you what you paid for. I think the other guys, the talent is still there and they've still shown glimpses of it. This team is just having problems altogether. But if this is going to be a Super Bowl team, this has to be the low point. This has to be the rock bottom. It can't get any lower than this. We can't be coming back here, God forbid, losing to the Washington football team. Now that will be that would be just below below the game. If they lost this game Sunday, I'm sorry, you just can't. I, I can't talk about them as any any kind of Super Bowl team. But this has to be it. Remember, in when they won the Super Bowl, the Tennessee game to me was the rock bottom game. The ridiculous way they lost. The attention to detail and everything put them at six and four. They were facing the Raiders. That was the rock bottom part. This has to be it right now, because I'm telling you, if they if they get worse than this, it gets lower than this. If they're capable of of getting lower than this, they're just not a Super Bowl team this year. And and, and I think that's where we are. It's so interesting, man, because the Chiefs over the last couple of years, every year that we've seen Patrick Mahomes as a starter. There has been a moment in which NFL punditry says, oh, they've been figured out. This is how you stop them. There's, there's been a moment every year. 
in 2018, it was, oh, all you got to do is you got to run the football against them. In 2019, it was the man coverage stuff. And, of course, that was ridiculous because that was when Patrick Mahomes was running around on one foot and Tyreek Hill wasn't playing football games. So that didn't end up mattering. And then last year, it was kind of a combination of the two, right? You, you could play zone coverages and you could run the football. And then it was Las Vegas with the explosive plays. And it was, oh, OK, maybe, maybe that's the way you do it. And then, of course, at the end, it was, hey, if they're just not healthy, maybe then you could beat them. And that's what happened in the Super Bowl, as we know. This year, it's a little different. It's pretty simple. Play cover two, limit possessions, and you find a way to beat the Chiefs team. The thing that's different to me about this time around, Ron, is that the Chiefs are healthy, at least conceivably. Like, I know that Tyree Kill showed up on the injury report this week, and he apparently has that knee injury that he's been dealing with. But it's not like they're without three offensive linemen and Patrick Mahomes is running around out there on one leg and Travis Kelsey is hurt and Tyree kills. No, they pretty much have everybody. And although Tyree kill was banged up, he was out there for the game on Sunday. They're just not effective right now. And I know that sounds yeah, the Clyde, weak. the Clyde thing just happened. So yeah. Yeah. And let's be honest, man. Like Clyde isn't, I like Clyde. He's been playing better of late. It, He's not one of your five most indispensable players offensively. No. Um, he, he might not even make the top like six or seven. And yet, despite all of that, they're still top five in the league right now in terms of uh, points overall per game. I think they're still top three in points per possession. I think they're actually number one in the league right now in points per drive that they've had this year. They're first in yards per drive as well. So as much as it feels like the offense has struggled, and they have, and they're turning the ball over way too much, they're still pretty effective, but we're grading on the Mahomes curve. And so as a result of all of this, this is about as low as I felt about the Chiefs at any point since Patrick Mahomes took over, man. Like, forget the low point of this year. This feels to me like the low point of the Mahomes era thus far because they're doing it while they're healthy. Let me ask you a test question. Sure. Because I and, and everybody listening to this, I, I want you to think this through. When was the moment... Because I, I wonder how many Chiefs fans have had this moment. When was the moment where you were like, damn, they're not going to win this game? Like, I, like at, at one point, because everybody got it, right? There was a point in the game where you were just sitting there and you watched it and you said, yeah, they're not going to win this one. I don't know how many Patrick Mahomes games there have been where, since he's been here where they've even games they've lost. Like, I've never thought they're not going to find a way to win it like they're gonna find a way i felt i felt pretty early like uh, this is this isn't gonna happen this feels like the super bowl where even in the super bowl i just kept saying all right i'm looking at the fourth quarter all right if they can just get a score here and like just get something it, it took me a pretty it took me a while especially when you watch the super bowl and then you really see how it happened and we probably could have known that that puppy was over <laughs> in the first half somewhere like it was probably late in the third when I, before I finally said, well, they're not going to win this game. What point was it for you, BK, where you were like, they're not going to win this game on Sunday night football at home against Buffalo. It was a three play sequence, Ron fourth and five with two minutes left in this, in the first half, they don't convert on fourth and five. Then they give it back to the bills who at the time were up. I think it was like 17-10. Yeah, it was 17-10. Two plays later, 53-yard pass over the top to Dawson Knox. They go up 24-10. You're basically going into halftime at that point with, with the Bills up by two scores. I thought it was over. And it's the first time I have felt that way, Ron, in the Patrick Mahomes era where you're at halftime down two scores, and I didn't feel like they had any chance of coming back. <laughs> like <laughs> so it, it, You were at the second quarter. Okay. Yeah, it was the end of the second quarter. End of the second quarter, I was done. I, I was done. I, I didn't think that they, they had any chance to come back at that point because they couldn't get stops. And the ironic part, man, is like the second half, the defense actually played fine, and it was the offense that ended up being the issue, which is weird, but because of the way that things went with the delay and everything at halftime, it changed the course of that game a little bit. But, yeah, late in the second quarter when they threw oh. that 53-yard pass over the top to Dawson Knox, I didn't think there was any way they were getting stops. And I didn't have any faith at that point that the Chiefs offense was going to be able to do anything either. 
See, I gave them the fir- the third quarter, so you didn't make it to the half. That has mm-hmm. to be the first time ever in a Patrick Mahomes game that you've watched where you thought at the half they didn't have a chance to win. A part of there. my fandom died in that moment, oh and it was God. so weird. Man. Okay, Brandon, let's come on. I'm God, serious, man. I, no, <laughs> what I mean by this, my my Chiefs optimism. Ron, you're you're a KU fan, so you don't know about this experience. <laughs> As a Mizzou guy, I'm always prepared, always, at any given point in time, for the worst possible thing to happen. They end up getting the number one recruit in the country in Michael Porter Jr., and he gets hurt in a scrimmage, a scrimmage before the season. They get Doriel Green Beckham, the number one recruit in the country. He gets thrown off of campus. Just let this out. They, They, in 2013, were one of the best teams in the country. And you know what happened, Ron? They missed a field goal to beat South Carolina. And then they went in a 3-3-5 against Trey Mason and Auburn. And they lost that game in the SEC championship. 2007, they don't even get into the damn Orange Bowl because KU gets in. KU, of all teams. Yes, we did. And we were able to get that victory over Virginia Tech. That's where my fandom is in college football. I'm prepared for the worst case scenario at all times. At all times. That, That is just my natural habitat. It's different with the Chiefs right now, or it was different with the Chiefs. For the first three-plus years of the Patrick Mahomes era, I always believed they would win. Until the actual, the final score was up there and they lost, I always assumed that they would win the game. At least when healthy. When healthy, I always assumed they would. That changed on Sunday, man. I I don't assume that anymore. If they don't get this back on track, when they take on the Green Bay Packers in a few weeks, if the Packers get up by 10 points, it's going to be really hard for me to believe that the Chiefs are just going to inherently come back because Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. Same thing is true against Dallas later on this year or the Chargers in L.A. It's just changed because Patrick Mahomes so far this year has not been inevitable. And that's a weird thing for me as a fan to come to terms with because for the last three years, he has been. See, I, I, I made it to the third quarter. I said, I'm going to give this defense. I'm going to see if this defense can get a stop. Because at 24-13, I knew Buffalo had the ball coming out. And I was like, oh, boy. Like, you, you just – it's hard to even – even the biggest Chiefs fan, it is hard to envision, to make yourself believe that the Bills aren't coming out of that puppy with points. But I said, I'm going to give them that because if they can get a stop, I felt like that could that could be the uh, the spark they need. The crowd gets into it and they get the stop. I mean, quick. And the Chiefs can't do nothing with it offensively. I mean, nothing with it. Nothing at all. And I and at that point, after they exchange punts, I said, oh, they're not winning this game. Like they can't stop Josh Allen this many times with that. Like that was disheartening when their offense didn't come back. Like, you know, they, you could tell Tyron Matthew and, and, and the crew probably, Hey, let's get a stop. Let's give our guy a chance because I'm thinking to myself, if they get a stop, this because the chiefs have done what they've been doing, beating themselves in the game, the damn it. They can, it, it, we're going to be sitting here at 20 at 24, 20, and here we go. But it didn't happen. And I was like, oh, this thing's over. Like, this this deal is over. So I it's it's a weird situation. And and it, even the games they've lost this year against the Chargers, I, I didn't think that they were gonna lose that game until the very end. I didn't think I, I didn't think they were. I didn't think they were gonna lose that hell, even when the Ravens went up. And they scored. I believe oh, they're going to win. They're going to find a way to win. And you're right. This one felt like the Super Bowl that where it was like, you can keep hoping. They just can't stop them and they can't do nothing consistently against this team. And it's very, you're right. It's very, very weird in this era of, of Chiefs football with Mahomes and Andy Reid that it, that that was the case. Yeah, it felt like you were going back to 2018 in, in some ways where you go back to that season in particular, and it was like, and, and this game was different 
as just like an individual outing, but it didn't really matter at times what Patrick Mahomes did. The other team, if they got the ball, they were going to have a chance to be able to beat you. I remember down the stretch that year with the Chargers game where they ended up going for the two-point conversion. There was just nothing Mahomes could do in that game. The Chargers played a perfect game. They went for two as time was basically running out, and it was over. The Seahawks, they, they just they kept throwing at Charvarius Ward, and he couldn't do anything about it, and they scored 38, and it was over. And then in the postseason, Mahomes had the best second half you could possibly ask for against the, the Patriots. Patriots got the ball in overtime, and it didn't matter because the defense just couldn't get stops. And in that first half, that's how I felt. It didn't matter. And then by the end of the game, the weird part about this one is, and, and maybe this will kind of lead us into our conversation about this week, Ron, going into the Washington game, Mahomes was part of the problem. And, and that was, I think, what was strange to me is that I, I felt like Sunday was maybe the worst game I've seen Patrick Mahomes play in his Chiefs career. Mm. He, he, was, he was skipping the ball across the ground. He was getting out of clean pockets when he didn't need to. He was – it's weird because I've seen a lot of people saying that he, he, like, needs to start taking the short game. I felt like he did a lot of that in this one. But even when he did it, it wasn't particularly effective. And I felt like at times he almost needed to be more aggressive and he became tentative. And so when he needed to be aggressive, he was tentative. When he needed to be more like just take what's underneath, that's when he got aggressive. He was just all over the place. And he seemed completely out of sorts in a way that I'm not sure I've seen him when he's been healthy in a Chiefs uniform. And that's what was so frustrating to watch for me was you have this all-world number one quarterback in the league who everybody would take as their top quarterback if they could take anybody in the league. And he played horribly. And now we get to see what it looks like when he has to respond to something like that. You're going up against what's a pretty porous defense. They were supposed to be really good, but they're not very good this year in Washington. This needs to be the week where Patrick Mahomes comes back and looks like himself again. Because if he can't do it against this defense, Ron, I I think there are going to be some real legitimate questions as to what's going on with Patrick Mahomes and is he totally right going forward. Yeah, I, I think that's the part. See, even the that's the deal. Even with the like, hey, take what the the defense is giving you—the intermediate to short stuff. Man, he was inaccurate on that mm-hmm. stuff. Like that was like that was like there were throws that were there, and then he started. I ain't gonna lie to you. He started getting on my nerves because I'm like, hey, man, some of this has got to be on you. Like he's because he's 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 visibly frustrated, and it and it looks like. He is, it looks like, I don't know if he is. I'm just saying it looks like he is pushing blame towards somebody else at times. And I know he went to the to the media this week and said that he's taken all the blame. And of course that, you know, that's not surprising with the, the type of leader he's been since he's been here. But on the field outwardly, like he's skipping balls in and pointing to other people like, you should have been going here. Like there's been, there were a couple of plays there where like they could have gotten yards or move the chains but it was him he was inaccurate and let's just be honest about it bk he's had big matchups this year when you're the chiefs and they are in first place you're gonna have a tough schedule i'm sorry he was outplayed by lamar jackson Mm -hmm. on national television lamar jackson was better in the second half and better in the fourth quarter than patrick mahomes was lamar made critical winning plays in the fourth quarter, and Pat made a critical Jameis Winston-esque interception. Like, he got outplayed on national TV by Lamar. He got outplayed by Justin Herbert. He got outplayed there, right? He wasn't making – like, Justin Herbert – I'm not going to sit here and say Justin Herbert made some tough-ass throws in that game because the Chiefs' defense was matador at times, but he didn't make any critical mistakes. And Pat threw two interceptions that were inexcusable for no reason. And so he got outplayed there. And he just got outplayed again on national TV by Josh Allen. These were his contemporaries that he was clearly ahead of. And I still think he is, but clearly been ahead of. But he got outplayed head-to-head by them all three times. And I don't want to hear 
And I guess I'm going to get a little ticked off here. I don't want to hear the excuse of, oh, Josh Allen was playing against our defense. Or, oh, look, at if he got to play our, our defense. No, stop that. He's the best in the world. He's making careless mistakes. That, like, th- this is the thing. A lot of the times, and, and it's not just him, but the whole offense with the turnovers, they are doing it. Not only, these teams aren't really forcing it. They are doing stupid things to make this thing happen. And, and, and so I don't want to hear any kind of excuse of who he's playing against and, oh, he got outplayed, but look who they're having to play against. No, man. Like, they're turning the ball over at a rate that is – is ridiculous that has you tied with the Jacksonville Jaguars for the most turnovers in football. So I don't want to hear the excuse of who the other, no, he's been outplayed by other quarterbacks that people and I, and you and most everyone clearly thought he was ahead of. And when they've gone head to head, one of the reasons, one of the reasons the chiefs have lost the game is because the other team's quarterback played better than their quarterback. And that is never something that should be happening or that you take a, that, that, that you take account for unless this team is playing the Packers or maybe the Bucks. Like that, like that's that's it. And it's happened multiple times this year. Yeah, I mean it think about it this way, right? If you're if you're a baseball fan and your favorite team is built on pitching and defense, and you allow 10 runs in a game. Like you don't blame the offense for being the reason that you lost yeah. that game. You blame the pitching and the defense because that's your identity, right? And the Chiefs are built in the identity of Patrick Mahomes. They, he is the identity of the Chiefs right now. And you add in guys like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey in the offensive line that they just built up this offseason. And when you score 20 points against the Bills, yeah, I understand they scored 38. First of all, seven of it came directly from your offense. Um, but your, your offense scored 20. That's just not going to work with the way that this team's built. Not very often. And I, I, I do think there are le- plenty of questions to be asked about the defense. I mean, we, we're going to get into that here in a little bit and they, they've got plenty of issues on their own side, but the offense, the carelessness with the football is such a problem. They turned it over another four times on Sunday against the bills Man, that's the number one thing that has to change. They, they've just got to stop giving the ball to the opposing team. And on Sunday, like the one that maybe stands out to me the most was the Tyreek Hill um, drop where it just goes straight through his hands and results in a pick for the uh, opposition. Man, that just can't happen. You, you just And that's not on Mahomes necessarily on that specific play. Tyreek Hill, you got to catch the football. But it leads to the carelessness Absolutely. and the lack of of care that they have shown from the jump this year and taking care of the ball. Like, like it's not, Oh, because people keep, keep, people keep telling me that it's flukes and it can't be a fluke after five weeks and you're doing it every week. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called the future of work, where I answer all your questions on surprise the future of work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Like at some point, it's got to be, well, we're just not taking care of it, right? We're not taking care of the ball. Like to me, like these are like the, the first one as we've been doing, we do every week when the Chiefs have the ball is Patrick Mahomes. That's got to start looking like Patrick Mahomes and the excuses need to be over for Patrick Mahomes. The other one for me is like, can you limit yourself as we're talking about with the turnovers? Like, BK, I, I'm serious. I'm not even going to ask for a ton. 
I'm not going to come in here and beg for a quick turnaround or something. Here, I've, I've taken it in. You are tied, I'm going to say it again, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team whose coach looks like he chews condoms as bubblegum. <laughs> you are tied with them with the most turnovers in the sport. You got 11. 11 in the last four games. Two games against playoff-worthy teams, and I have to admit that with the Chargers. Playoff-worthy teams you've had four turnovers against at home. I mean, you know, that, that, that can't happen. I'm not going to beg for Can you limit yourself to one? Can we try there? Can we take baby steps? Can we come out of this game against Washington, a team that seems to be uh, unable to force turnovers? It's not their gig, right? This isn't a team that's always punching the ball out that always, nope, they don't do that. They don't force turnovers. Can you come away with just one? One interception. One. Can we just start there? Because as you said, I'm going to, I don't know if, if you agree, BK, but I, I honestly think this team's four and one. If they just took, if they just somehow took care of the football. Yeah. I don't think they lose to the Ravens. I don't think they lose to the Chargers. They're in a tight game with the Chargers that came down to the wire and they turned the ball over at least three times in scoring zones where they could at least kick field goals. So I don't think they lose that game. Now, Sunday, I think they just got the ass kicked. Like, I don't I don't know. Now, the, the turnovers added to it, but I think that was just a tail kicking that I don't know if they could have ever stopped them enough consistently. But they would have they, – they'd be 4-1, in my opinion, if they just stopped turning the ball over. The Chiefs play with a thin margin for error because of the defense that they put on the fields every week. They lose all of their margin for error when they turn the ball over the way that they have thus far this season. And I think that's what's changed. Because in Patrick Mahomes' career, one of the biggest questions was early on, yeah, but can can you trust this guy to keep the ball from the opposing team? Because in college, that was the big question, right? Hey, he's a gunslinger. He's going to throw it to the opponent. You might end up with 40 touchdowns, but you also might see him throw 20 interceptions. Like Those were the questions about him. And they were somewhat legitimate, although I thought a little bit overblown because he had so many pass attempts that, of course, his interception numbers are going to be a little higher. You go by the percentage, not the raw number, but that's neither here nor there. This year, whether you go by percentage or raw number, it's been bad. And it's the first time in his career where that's been the case. Before this season, I'll have to go back and review it, but I'm pretty sure he was the all-time leader in NFL history in terms of the lowest percentage of his pass attempts that had been intercepted. So he had done a really great job early in his career of preventing those types of plays. And this year it's been the opposite. 3% of every pass or of all of his passes this year have been intercepted, intercepted by the opposition. That's just not good enough for him, man. He's got to be better. And then you add in the fact that they're fumbling the ball at such a high rate. It's been a disaster. And this week, if they're able to just, if it's one turnover by them and they're able to force one, so you at least end up even on the turnover battle with Washington, you're winning this football game because you're a better team than Washington is. So that's that's got to be one of the biggest yeah. keys going into this one. You're, you're right. I mean, they have got to – it seems they've got to be losing these turnover battles at a high clip game in and game out. I mean, four to none. Like, I mean, in this last game, the same thing with the Chargers. Or maybe, maybe they got one against the Chargers. I don't think they did. Four none in those games. Like, you're not going to win. And, and, and the frustrating part about it is, especially against the Chargers, it shows how good the Chiefs are that they can be in a game like yeah. that where they keep turning the ball over when they're about to score. And it's just, it, it, it is just, it's just frustrating. Also, the other thing to me when the Chiefs have the ball is that this is going to be a test of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and their ego. By the way, before we get to this, over the last three weeks, uh, in terms of turnovers, offense versus defense, the Chiefs have turned the ball over nine times. Their their defense has received zero takeaways. So yeah. they're, they're losing the turnover battle offense to defense nine to nothing. And that's is, that's just too much. And that's on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, we'll get to this defense. The, the last thing is Andy and Eric, uh, they've got to check their ego at the door. And I know what they love to do. They love to get as many weapons out there. Uh, on routes, and they like to, to really put pressure on the secondary on the defense. You can't let Chase Young ruin this game. 
You can't. You can't let him, uh, in my opinion, do a lot of the things and looks that you gave Joey Bosa. Your two tackles, in my opinion, even Orlando Brown, who you traded for and you gave it, they are not to a space where you can just go five-man protection often in this game and allow them to go one-on-one with, with with Chase Young. He's just too good. And I'll be honest, sometimes it seems like, I don't for whatever reason, like Pat's holding the ball a little bit longer than he has in the past, and the guys aren't getting open as quick as they used to. So, I mean, you're giving an extra tick. In this game, you got a chip. You got to use tight ends. You got to help both of them. Uh, it's not just a Lucas Niang thing. It's both of them. Either way, whoever is lining up against Chase Young, you've got to give him help, and you cannot. I just don't think you can consistently go five-man protection as much as the Chiefs like to in this game uh, because I just don't know that those two tackles are able to hold up against him. It's interesting because they they actually gave a little bit more chip help last week um, than I would have expected because the Bills' defensive line, it, it's good, but it's more powerful than it is yeah, not speed much on rushers. The edge. Yeah, yeah the, the, the edge rushers that they have are not speed rushers that the way that like a Chase Young is, for example, or uh, Joey Bosa has power, don't get me wrong, but he also has speed that he can get around you with. Um, it, this was a little different against the Bills, so I was a little surprised to see that. And some of that was from Travis Kelsey. And I actually think it threw them off a little bit offensively. Um, I I would like yeah. to see them develop a game plan where you're not tra- you're not devoting Travis Kelsey into pass pro ever because he's the type of guy that you, like you, you and that's not because he's bad at it. He's not. But he's your best receiver in terms of possession receivers right now. So you got to get him out into his route ASAP. And they're giving so much. Um, they're, they're devout, devoting so much exposure to him. They're having so many guys that are on the watchful eye of Travis Kelsey. He's got to win quick. So I, I would rather see him line up in the slot more often or find ways to utilize him in man beaters or quickly off of the line of scrimmage and use like Blake Bell or Daryl yeah. Williams or those secondary pass catchers in that, that regard in terms of the chips and things that will slow down the pass rushers. And the other thing is, where's the screen game? That's something you could get going against a team like this. Um, if you've got a pass rush that you're concerned about, and Washington hasn't been great in that regard this year, but they do have Chase Young, maybe get the screen game going a little bit because that's kind of disappeared in recent yeah. weeks. And that's something that was previously a staple in this kind of an offense. So uh, that, that's something worth considering this week as well. No, yeah, it just, yeah, you got, you just don't want him to ruin this game. That, that's, that's, that's the one thing that, because I think we, we would both agree if Mahomes has time, they should be able to carve this defense up. Absolutely. I mean, they should be able to, what we've watched this defense, I watched Matt Ryan give this defense fits, and I know he's on the, and he's football dead. Damn near. So I so if they if he has time, they should be able to play well against this uh this defense. Uh, let's move over to when Washington has the ball as we do every week. And I look at this, and I'm telling you, many people are down on the defense. That's what people keep going into about the Chiefs and what needs to be fixed. I will tell you, I will stand on the wall of the turnovers. To me, is the number one thing that needs to be fixed. Now, this defense does and has been pathetic most of the time. But I will say, if they can somehow figure out what the hell they did in the second half of this game, that hopefully is something they're building on and that's something that you see going forward. It looked like Spags was a little bit more aggressive in the second half as well. It looked like Juan Thornhill played more in the second half, which, wow, holy hell, you started to see Tyron Matthew moving around more, started to see him around the line of scrimmage, blitzing more, whatever the hell happened, because I take positives from that second half, from the defense, and I look at that, and I'm like, okay, maybe this is a turning point. 
maybe that second half, especially doing it without Chris Jones, this is a turning point for this defense because they seem to be much more aggressive, coming forward, more physical. It looked better. Now, there were moments in the fourth quarter after I think you just – so I mean, just human nature just get defeated there. When you're down, your offense is – it's giving up a pick six to put points on the board. They're turning the ball over. Pat can't catch a snap in the rain. Like at some point you get demoralized and they weigh on you. But whatever that was in the second half, that effort, that effort with what this offense should be able to do if they don't turn the ball over, in my opinion, BK, they can win with that effort. What they ha- what happened in the second half, that's something they can win with. So I take positive from that second half and hope that builds into this Washington game. I hope you're right, man. Can I give you a couple of stats on where the Chiefs are at right now defensively? God. Yes. So the Rams' greatest show on turf offense is pretty good, right? We can agree on that. They average seven yards per play. You know what the Chiefs' defense is allowing on the season? What, 11? 7.1. 7.1. You went a little high there. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, hey, it's so bad. I just did, I did, I didn't know. So they're at, yeah. They're 7.1 yards per play allowed so far this year is the worst mark through five weeks in the history of football, according to Pro Football Reference. They are allowing an average of 3.3 yards per drive, or excuse me, 3.3 points per drive. 3.3 yards would be very impressive. 3.3 points, much less impressive. Um, The last NFL offense to score that many points per drive on average. So basically every time that they get the football, they're at least kicking a field goal was the 2007 Patriots, which you may remember as being one of the greatest offenses of this generation. So on a per play basis, the Chiefs are giving up as many yards as the greatest show on turf average on a per play basis. On a per drive basis, the Chiefs are giving up as many points as the 2007 Patriots got on a per drive basis. So they are allowing opposing offenses against them to become one of the two greatest offenses that we've seen of this generation in the NFL. What we have seen thus far is an unmitigated disaster. It's an atrocity, it's embarrassing. And the Chiefs defense for one half looked competent. Didn't necessarily look great, but they looked competent. And right now, that's enough, man. That's all you need them to be. If if they can just simply be even below average, just not the worst of the decade, you've got a chance. You've got a chance moving forward. They can win with that effort. And one of those teams that gave up all the damn points to is the Eagles. The Eagles are sitting here with... Sitting here struggling with the Bucks to score, and the Bucks have half their team out, like I half their defense out. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it, 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 whatever happened, you hope it's a turning turning point, a turning point for the players, turning point for Spags and what works, and 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 whatever he did, that that's what you got to hope for. And I do take a positive feel out of that second half because that was that was better. And I tell you a, another thing, BK, what has to stop is. And I'm going to be watching this, and you would hope this adjustment is made. Is man, can they avoid just obvious miscommunications and blown coverages? Like this is week after week. If I got to see Tyron, Tyron Matthew throwing his hands up in the air, trying to figure out what the hell's going on and what's happening behind him, or what what these like these guys have played with each other for for a couple of years. Many of them. I know there's some injuries back there. But what the hell is going on? It's just like, it, it, I mean, it has to be multiple people playing different coverages and, and, and no communication whatsoever. They're too good of a – check that. They play together too long for this to be happening. Like, it's one thing that they methodically get beat down the field or Daniel Sorensen just losing, loses Dawson Knox in coverage just because he's better than him. But not that just catch it, just running free down the middle of the field and nobody knows what happened, as Ty, as Tyra Matthew said. Just not used to this people running wide open down the field. I am. I've watched it every <laughs> week from you guys. Like, like, that's an elementary thing. I know I asked for the, the offense. Can you just minimize it to one turnover? Well, defense, can you just come into a game where you guys avoid and minimize miscommunications? 
because their miscommunications aren't just five-yard gains. Their miscommunications are just, hey, that guy's running flush down the field. I thought I was handing him off to you. Nope, just wide open. I just that that's got to be something that's got to be fixed. Yeah, and I think this might be the week where it does. And I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but after reading and hearing about some of the press conferences that we heard this week, especially from Steve Spagnolo and uh, Coach Merritt as well, I, I think we're going to see a change in the secondary. I, I think you're going to see Juan Thornhill start for the Chiefs at safety this week. And that doesn't mean I that he's going to believe it till I see it. I won't believe it. I they've hope you're that. right. Man, man, they've earned that. Um, I, I think that we're going to see at a minimum, even if it's not like a technical start, because you know how these teams are. Like they might put, um, they, they, they might put Sorensen out there on the first play, and then you end up seeing at the end of the game, Juan Thornhill played 65% of the snaps. So that's possible. But I think Juan Thornhill plays the majority of the snaps this week for the Chiefs at safety. I think they understand they've made a grave mistake here. And the more talented player has been playing fewer snaps for them so far this season. And the other thing is, like, I could understand if their explanation for why they are starting Dan Sorensen was, hey, listen, he's in the right place at the right time. We trust him. He knows the scheme. He doesn't make mental mistakes. He he makes all of the, the easy plays. I, I could listen to that. But it's just not true this year. He's missing tackles at one of the highest rates in all of football. He's consistently getting beat over the top. Last week, it was like, hey, target number 49 and find a way to throw it over his head. And that's our best way to score. And it happened repeatedly. You just can't have that anymore. There's no more excuses for them. So I think they're going to make the switch that has been obvious for weeks now. And they're going to go ahead and make that change at safety. I hope so. And I I think in the middle of that game, maybe it was one of the million Dawson Knox catches when he was singled up with Dan. I think I, I said it, I tweeted it out. I, like, I'm no longer putting this one on, uh, on, on Steve Spagnola. Like, this is, at some point, we got to step in as the head coach. Like, this is your team. At some point, we got to ha- have a conversation. Listen. I'm telling you right now, if I were running running offense against you, my game plan would to just find a way to to target and single up number 49. We got to do something, Steve. And at some point, like this has to go to the head coach, to me. And I'm looking at Andy. If they keep trotting Daniel Sorensen out there and nothing, nothing he did at any portion of the game, BK, warranted him playing every snap. Now, if we come back again and see it, and he's up here playing 190-something percent of the snaps, I'm not looking at Steve Specknoll anymore. He doesn't just get to keep playing, guys, just because he wants to. All right? At some point, like it's not just his decision. Andy Reid's the head coach, and if he keeps rolling him out there, that, that's who I'm looking at is Andy. But, but that's the other part with, with Dan, though. See, the cornerback situation, BK, I can understand – Right. All right. There's a, there's some injuries. Tra- uh, uh, Traverius Ward's out. You got to kind of mismatch some stuff. Like there's not injuries here, right? You're just playing Dan. This isn't like the cornerback situation where you just got to you got to fit stuff in. Like Mike Hughes may be forced into action right now because of the injury. Dan's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that and that's the thing that's so frustrating to me, man. Like you're you're just willingly playing a less talented football player. And you're doing it on your own, right? It doesn't make any sense. And I don't want to hear any more excuses. And I don't think we're going to hear any more excuses. I think going into this one, we've we've seen them at least talk, speak differently about the situation. And I do believe that's going to lead to a change of the position. So I think that's significant. The last thing that I'm going to be looking for in this one, man, you only have two guys that you've got to pay attention to on this Washington football team offense. Their offense is not very talented. Antonio Gibson is a very, very good running back, and he's a guy that they're going to have to pay attention to. And then in the passing game, the only guy you got to worry about is Terry McLaurin. He's incredibly talented. I think he's actually underrated as a receiver because he plays for Washington. If he played for another team, like if he was – I don't know, with the Chargers right now. You flipped him and Mike Williams, for example. I think people would be talking about him as a top five to ten receiver in the game right now. He is that talented as a player. 
So if you can find a way to slow down Terry McLaurin, not shut him down, but slow him down, and slow down down Antonio Gibson in the running game, you're going to be able to slow down this Washington football team offense because they don't have a whole lot else going for them right now. Yeah, the only other only other part is what J.D. McKissick potentially, but he's but once again, if you can't stop those two and a half guys, like like stop them to uh, enough where you know this this is this isn't something where they're just dominate you and they're put thirty on you. Like this is this is a less talented group than the Eagles, and you know the Eagles put thirty on you, but this is a less talented group than that all around overall offensive line and everything. So yeah, I, I'm with you. Like you got, I mean you you just can't be getting beat down like you have, right? You can't just be giving up the points that you had against this team. They've struggled a, a lot against a lot of teams. So I, I, I'm with you. Hmm. When you got two guys that you got to stop, and you have Tyron Matthew, and 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 the guys that you, some of the guys that you have on this defense, God, that should be doable. I mean, that just that just just should flat out be doable. Yeah, at a certain point in time, you've got to be able to make the most of the talent that you have on your defense, and this is the type of week where that should be the case for them. And they, they're going up against a team that's just overmatched. The, the Washington football team is not on the same caliber uh, as, as the Chiefs, and that's offense, defense, special teams. You can put it wherever you want. Yep, it's, coaching it, everything. Yeah, if you put this team up against the Chiefs, they're not as good. Um, so you, you go into this one. This is a game that you should win, like thirty-four to twenty. It should not be close in the fourth quarter. There shouldn't be any doubt about who's going to win this football game. I know that's going to be more than what the spread is right now, but if the Chiefs are the team that I believe them to be, that, Ron, I think you still believe them to be, that I'm sure a lot of our our Chiefs fans that are listening right now believe them to be, that's the kind of win that you should be putting up right now. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll get our picks. I I literally don't even know where where the score I'm going with yet. I I, I can't even – I'm just going to have to give myself a little bit more time before we get to that. You get 34-20, Jesus, man. I just don't even I don't even know what to expect from these jokers. Uh, so we'll get our predictions here in just a second, but we're playing a game that is sweeping the nation. It is called Certified or Imposter. All right, this week I'm going to go with my man's Daryl Williams, and I think he is a, a person to look at because obviously Clyde Edwards-Alaire is out. He's going to be out for some time, and it looks like he's probably Daryl Williams. Obviously, if you look at how they've treated him, they trust him more than any any of the other backs that they have available, and uh, and it looks like he's going to probably get the bulk of the carries. So let's go there, and I want to I want to be specific on this one, not just overall, but for what you need from him, what you need from him in the time that Clyde is out. Is he certified or an imposter? You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. I think an imposter. I I think if Daryl was on any other team and he was starting for them at running back, Chiefs fans would turn up their nose and be like, they got who? That dude is starting for them at running back? But because he's on the Chiefs, we view him a little bit differently, and he has had some big moments in a Chiefs uniform, in particular in the passing game. And we remember some of those fondly, especially that, that Chiefs-Ravens game that he was able to ice with that big pass play. Like, he's had some moments in a Chiefs uniform. But overall, he's a guy. And, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And I don't think that means the Chiefs need to go out and do something crazy like trade significant resources for Marlon Mack. Yeah. But he's, he's a guy. And you can win with that because you've got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback and you've got Travis Kelsey at tight end and Tyreek Hill on the outside. But Daryl Williams is a guy. No, he, he, he damn sure is a guy. I, I, this is what I, I'm going off. All right, what, what are the expectations? What should you, you get from him? My thing is, can you, can you run at four yards a carrier better? Can you do that? And then can you be explosive? In terms, not explosive, but can you be really good in short yardage? 
Like, can you give me four yards of carry and be really good at Fort York? And, and, so Spencer and, where? And short yardage. Yes. Like that, that, that's it. And when I say, when I, when I asked myself, can he do that? I'll say certified for that role, not overall as a player, but for what you're going to need from him. I think I, I think I'll go certified. I hope he is man, because he, he deserves the opportunity. He's been the consummate pro and he, he had every turn has been basically they, they've tried to find somebody to put ahead of him. LaShawn McCoy, they, they did it with him. Um, they did it with Le'Veon Bell. They did it whenever they ended up drafting um, Clyde Edwards Alaire. They've always at every turn tried to find a guy that is going to be better than him. Even this year, Jarek McKinnon was somebody that coming into the season, I thought had legitimate reason to believe he would be somebody they would use on passing downs over um, Daryl Williams. And it's been Daryl Williams. That's getting the majority of those opportunities. And that's maybe what I'm most interested in finding out in this game. Is that a role that he continues to play? Is he going to get 70, 80% of the snaps or do they decide, you know what? Jarek McKinnon is going to be our first, our, our third down running back. And we're going to use Daryl Williams in the old Clyde role where it's going to be mostly first and second down for him. I don't know the answer to that question yet. I don't think anybody does, but I think that's something that I'm most interested in finding out because if you were to ask me what is Daryl's maybe best role, he's a pretty darn good pass protector. And if you're not going to use him in that way, I do think it takes away a little bit of his value because he's not a super explosive back by any stretch. So the, the one thing that this does do, it puts that much more pressure on Patrick Mahomes to perform in a big way. And this is yet another reason why this is the week where he's got to step up in a massive way. But he should, he should handle it. He yeah, should he should able to handle it. And you have the expectation that he does. All right. Um, Hey, keep checking things out. Arrowhead pride. If you miss anything, if you miss any of the podcast on Arrowhead pride, um, check out the new feature that, uh, that, that we have here. Arrowhead pride, best of the week. You can catch some of our stuff. Uh, the British guys, uh, the, uh, all of the stuff, Pete Sweeney stuff, just check out, um, the best of the week where you can catch a little bit of everything from the podcast and also BK. I know I was watching it. It was late as hell because of that rain delay, but the post game show that the uh, that Serta does and, and Pete does sometimes um, to catch it directly after the game. They also have all of the press conferences. The only places you can watch video feeds of that right here, um, Arrowhead Pride. So, uh, hey, we got you covered, and make sure you're checking it out. BK, always fun, man. Dude, uh, what, what are they gonna do? What are they going to do? You say 34-20? Is that I've got 34-20. I'm going to put my belief back into this team. Even the last week I said this was going to be the, the 2020 Ravens game. It, it very much was not that. Um, but I'm going to put my faith back into this team. I'm ready to get kicked in the teeth once again. 34-20 Chiefs win on the road at Washington. I think they're going to be really aggressive. And I think they're not going to turn the ball over as much. I think I, as much. I, I'll go 35, I'll go 35-24. And it's just sad that I believe Washington could score that many points. But 35-24 is where I'm going to go. A double-digit win and, you know, hopefully signs a life of the Super Bowl team. The Super Bowl-type team that you think the Chiefs are. All right, BK, always fun. Love it. See you next week. Hope you enjoyed it. We are out.